we already finished with the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. So what is next? After Genesis is? Exodus. So we will not yet go to Exodus. Why? On August 28, we will celebrate with CCF Manila. We're not going to watch a video. We'll have our own service. They will uh, show our picture. Remember the picture that uh, we sent to them? They're going to send the wacky picture. They will... No, I'm just kidding. They'll show our picture over there. In the meantime, we will still study the Bible. We will have an evangelistic worship service on the 28th. So invite your friends too. Genesis. All throughout we've been studying that, that the true blessing, the formula is God's promises and God's word, done God's way, waiting on God's time will always yield God's best. We learned about four great men of faith. Abraham had a pioneering faith. Isaac had a passive faith. Jacob had a restless faith. And Joseph had a tested faith. Now, of all these four, which one do you choose if you were given a choice? None of you will ever answer any question I ask you from here, right? Okay. No problem. Do you like your life like this? up and down like a roller coaster. Why? Because many times we want smooth sailing, right? We want calm waters, smooth sailing. But many times, the strengthening of our faith is a byproduct of the testing of our faith. So this morning, I want to revisit not really the life of Joseph, but how we described him that his faith was a tested faith. Now, how many of us like tests? Raise your hand. No, not test. Test. <laughs> how many of you like tests? Nobody. Why? Because if there is a test, Fail or pass, pass or fail. Every, well, if you have an old car, you get a renewal. What do you need to do? Smug test. So when you're driving your old 1980 car to the smug, pass or fail. Fail or pass. Right? So, humanly speaking, we don't really like tests because there is at least a 50-50 chance that you and I will either pass or fail. Yes? So let's look at some people in the Bible, especially Joseph once again. Let us look at his test. Genesis 39, 6-12. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, 
his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. Joseph was handsome. Joseph was well built. Because of his stature, his physical stature, he became the object of lust for the wife of Potiphar. So much so that she was the one who made advances to him. But what was Joseph's response? I cannot do that. My master has entrusted everything in this household to me. No touch. You are the wife of my master. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though he spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. Maybe once you are te tempted, maybe once you are tested, every day, day after day, every day, Day after day, nandiyan ka na naman. <laughs> Tutukso-tukso, di na natuto. O, di ba? Every day. But what did Joseph do? Look. Number one, he refused to go to bed with her. And, what? He even refused to be with her. Temptation is already coming to him day by day. He refused and he even refused to be with her. What a test. And what a guy. He loved, he feared God more than anyone. That he would deny himself, the wife of Potiphar. And that he would even deny both of them being in the same place. One day, he went into the house to attend to his duties. And one of the household servants, and none of the household servants was inside. Get a picture? She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. You see his commitment? In spite of the test? In spite of the temptation? No one is looking around. No one is in the house. It's just me and Mrs. Potiphar. Who will know? No one will know. I'm sure she will not know. I will not tell. What did Joseph do? He ran out. Did he fail? 
or did he pass? Uy, you're not sure? Did he fail or did he pass? He passed the test. Now let me ask you, which is worse? Which of those two is worse? Test or temptation? How many of you say test? Oh, si test talagang test talaga. <laughs> How many of you say temptation? How many of you will not raise your hand? There you are. What is the answer? The answer? Yes. Which is it? Test or temptation? The answer? Yes. Why? Okay, let me explain why the answer is yes. Let me show you with you. That word test, that word temptation is the same word. That's why the answer is yes. It is the same word. Perasmos. What does it mean? An experiment, a trial, a temptation. So which is test or temptation? Yes. That's the answer. Short definition. I like short definition, you know. Trial. Testing. Temptation. Answer? Yes. Definition. Trial. Testing. Being tried. Temptation. Calamity. Affliction. So how do you distinguish? There is more. Perasmos. Temptation or test. Both senses can apply simultaneously. It's the same word. Depending on the context. So what's the context? If it's in the positive sense, then it is test. If it's in the negative sense, then it is a temptation. Both are functions of the context. Are we understanding each other? Yes, beautiful. Test or temptation? Answer? Yes. It depends on the context. So before we continue, let's uh, commit the time to the Lord in prayer. God, we just want to thank you that you are God, you are sovereign, you rule, you reign. And yet, you love us just as we are. And you want us not to remain as we are, but to grow in our faith. And there are times that you will allow certain tests to come into our lives so that we can grow and learn and be more Christ-like. God, show us through your word what we need to do and not to fear these tests, knowing that you have a good and kind and graceful purpose for these tests in our lives. We commit to you our time, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Genesis 22, we read about another great man, Abraham. Now it came about that after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, I will tell you. When God called Abraham, same idea. Abraham, go. Where? I will tell you. Abraham didn't even ask where. Go to this place, I will tell you. Here again, Abraham, God calls out to Abraham. Abraham, this is what I want you to do. What did God do? God tested Abraham. Did God tempt Abraham? No. God tested Abraham. Is your faith completely on me? Remember, it's all about the context. God tested Abraham. And what was Abraham going to do? What was the test? Offer your one and only son, your son whom you love. Offer him back to me as a burnt offering. So what did Abraham do? So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, Isaac his son, split the wood, rose and went up to the place which God had told him. Abraham was going to follow God. No second thoughts. No doubts. He was just going to obey God. He was so excited that he rose up early the next day. And he prepared everything necessary to complete the, word, the burnt offering. And we know the story. We read about it. We studied it. And Abraham told the men who were with him, You stay here. The boy and I will go up and worship and we will return. What faith! What faith he had that he would know God would fulfill his promise no matter what, that he and the boy were going to come down after worshiping God. So what happened? And he was about to slay his son. An angel appeared. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad. Do nothing to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Pastor Reggie has not withheld his son, his only son, from joining the military. Not what happened? Did Abraham pass or did Abraham fail? He passed. He passed the test. Context. When it's a test, it is, in a sense, a solicitation to righteousness. It is a solicitation to righteousness. When it, on the other hand, is a temptation, it is also a solicitation, but it is a solicitation to sin. It is a solicitation to evil. Okay? Abraham passed the test. Now, we all said we don't like tests. Right? That's why Paul writes, to encourage us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Can we all read this? No temptation has overtake you, but such as it common to man. And God is faithful, who will not let you be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Everybody is tempted slash tempted. If you're not, 
Can you please take your two fingers and put them in your jugular vein and see if you are still alive? Only a dead person is not susceptible to a test or a temptation. That is very clear in the book of Galatians. The spirit is contrary to the flesh and they are in conflict with one another. They are diametrically opposed to each other. Ah, pastor, I'm so strong in the Lord, I'm never tempted. Let me see. Pastor, I'm so mature in the Lord. I, I don't have struggles in the more. Let me see. The Bible is telling us temptation is common to man. There is no temptation that has overtake you but is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But with the temptation, what? Provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. Many times, God will not remove it. But what is His promise? With it, while you're going through it, God is with you. And God is committed to give you a way out. Are you with me? Now, what happens? How does it Transition from a test to a transgression. What is a transgression? Sin. How does it progress from a test to a transgression? Here you have it. When you let the test become a temptation, it will lead to a transgression. You see the progression? A test is what? Supposed to bring you to righteousness. Whereas a temptation will draw you away from God and lead you into sin. So it does not happen that you had a test and then you sin. Get it? I had a test to righteousness. All of a sudden, I sinned. Doesn't work that way. From a test, there must be something in between that will lead you to sin. And what is that? The temptation. Once you internalize, once you begin to process, once you begin to evaluate, you are setting yourself up for sin. How do I know this? Look at James chapter 1, 12 to 15. We begin with verse 14. I will show you verse 12 and 13 later. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. You have a test. And then... You allow that test. You allow your lust to entice you. That test becomes what? Temptation. And then what happens? And then when lust have conceived, it gives birth 
to sin. Test, temptation becomes a transgression. When sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Why? Because Romans 6.23 The wages of sin is death. So what is the progression? Test. And then it becomes a temptation. Then it becomes a sin. James told us that it is our lust that entices us to sin. But look at the verses prior to what I shared. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. In your D-groups, whether you're in a couple's D-group, a single's D-group, a youth D-group, and you find or you encounter somebody whom you know has fallen into sin. Bro, sis, why did you do that? God tempted me. What's the Bible telling us? You cannot accuse God of tempting you. Temptation is to draw you away from God. God will allow the test to draw you to Him. God will allow the test so you can reflect righteousness. The devil will use the same thing to draw you away from God so that you will sin against God. That's why James is telling us, let no man say, I am being tempted by God. Why? God cannot be tempted by evil. And he does not tempt anyone. The devil made me do it. That's always our excuse. Right? The devil made me do it. I will show you later on. You cannot even use that excuse. You are giving the devil too much credit. When in many times, the blame is really on me. When Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You see? The de tempted by the devil. Tempted by the devil. So when it's already a temptation, the devil is already involved. Your lust, your sinful nature is already involved. So Jesus was sent to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He was praying and he was fasting and he was being tempted by the devil. He was tempted by the devil. And verse 3, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. What did Jesus say? But he answered, It is written, Man shall, live, man shall not live by bread alone. But on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every time Jesus was tempted by the devil, Jesus Christ responded, It is written. That's why the most important thing to know is what? The word of God. 
It begins with the Word of God. So you know God's Word. You know God's ways. You know God's time. It will produce God's best. It didn't stop there. Then the devil took him into the holy city and said, and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. If you're really God, you should jump off this cliff. Because the angels will catch you. Son, daughter, don't touch the stove. You will, your hand will burn. Don't do that. Ah! I told you it's hot. I told you not to go there. What did Jesus say? Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it, here we go again. It is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showing all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then Jesus said to him, go, Satan. Why? For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. I don't like tests. I don't like tests. But the Bible tells me I should be willing, even if necessary, to embrace the tests that God allows into my life. Why? Why should I be willing to embrace it? 1 Peter chapter 1, 6 and 7. In this, you greatly what? Rejoice. You don't jump around like some crazy lunatic. I have a test. I have a test. I have a trial. You don't do that. Joy is happiness regardless of circumstance. In this, you greatly rejoice even though for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. One test I don't like. How about various trials? You like that? I don't like it. But what is the Bible telling me? I should rejoice. Why? So that the what? The proof. That's another way for test. To prove. So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Tests are good for us. They are meant to strengthen our faith. But we don't like it. 1 Timothy chapter 6, But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. That word perasmos 
has no morality. It is in the context. Just like money has no morality. It is in your use or how you treat money. Either you use money or money uses you. It's in the context. Look at verse 10. For the love of money, the love of money, not money itself, the love of money is a root, not the definitive the root, because we are so used. Money is the root of all kinds of evil. Is that what the Bible is saying? No. The Bible is saying the love for money is a root, just one of the roots, is a root for what? For all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So money in and of itself is not sinful. It is your love for money that makes it sinful. Because, what did Jesus Christ say? You cannot serve God and money. I don't want to use the word that Jesus used because I know you're feeling hungry. Mammon. Mammon. <laughs> okay? So, what is Timothy's counsel to us? Flee from these things, you man of God. Pursue righteousness. Again, test is for righteousness. Temptation for sin. So what? Flee. Run away from the temptation. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ tells us what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be what? Added unto you. But we are so quick because we know the Bible. Seek first the kingdom of God and these things will be added unto you. What did you miss? His righteousness. I'm already saved. I don't need to, you know, fix my life. I'm already saved. Well, how about the righteousness of God? You don't pursue it? You don't seek after it? Look at what Matthew 6.33 is saying. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And, you see the connection? And all these things will be added unto you. Let me give us some scenarios and test if we pass or fail. See, okay? Okay? Okay with you? All right, ah, here we go. Scenario. You find money on the floor in the office and everyone has gone home. You are financially short and no one is around. What do you do? <laughs> you just failed. <laughs> okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Okay. You take the money and take it to the administration office. Op opi office administration. Pass or fail? Pass. You took the money. You brought it to the admin. You reported it. You pass. Right? Okay. Same scenario. You think about your own need and how that money would help fix your situation. Fail or pass? Answer? Yes. Nothing yet. You're still being tempted. Oh, di ba? You're just... 
remember I told you, the moment you internalize, the moment you process, the moment you begin to weigh, ayan na. So you're not yet failing, but you're not really passing. You are still contemplating. Alright? Now, you keep the money for yourself. Fail or pass? You fail. That money is not yours. You know, in, 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 our, in my place of work before, when I was still in East LA, an announcement came over the public address. Uh, attention staff, uh, somebody turned over $60 to administration. If you are looking for uh, money you may have lost, please report to administration to claim your money. The guy who returned that money is a Christian. I know him. And he returned it without second thoughts. Did he fail? Did he pass? He passed the test. I mean, you have money. Who doesn't need money? Right? You see your bill in the restaurant. Oh, where is the, that other un entry I ordered or that other sandwich? It's not here. Yes. <laughs> oh, the change. They gave me more. I only expected $5.17. They gave me $15.17. Yes, God is good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Scenario. It's the time for you to bring your tithe to the Lord. But an unexpected bill arrives. What do you do? Okay. You bring the whole tithe anyway. Pass or fail? Pass. You think of making it up next time. Pass or fail? Very good. You're learning. Yes pa lang. Do the pay. You keep part of the tithe to pay for your bill. Pass or fail? Fail. The Bible says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Scenario. Your spouse is not fulfilling their role while you're doing yours. What do you do? <laughs> Don't worry, young people. We're going to get to you. I promise. You pray and let God change your spouse and you keep doing your part. Pass or fail? Pass. You think of ways to force your spouse to do their part because you're doing yours. What's the answer? Yes. You're still thinking. You're still thinking about it. You're still contemplating. Will I follow God? Or will I follow my own desires? You disrespect or become unloving towards your spouse because they're not doing their part. Fail or pass? 
when you do something about it already, that takes away from what God wants you to do, my friend, you have failed the test. Because you did not flee from the temptation. You processed it and you acted it out. Scenario. You're getting old and still single and you believe that you're meant to be married and have a family, but time is running out. What do you do? You pray and wait for God's best for you. Pass or fail? Pass. You consider someone who is not a follower of Jesus like you. Yes. Consider, palang consider. You get married to that not yet believer anyway. Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Scenario! I told you, young people, you're going to get it too. You feel that your parents are unreasonably strict and you're losing out on time with your friends and youthful activities. What do you do? Okay! Appeal. Okay, here we go. Appeal to your parents with honor and respect. Pass or fail? Pass. You make plans to sneak out with your friends without your parents' permission. Yes. You go to that concert your parents didn't allow you to go to. Fail. The parents are clapping. <laughs> Scenario! You feel that your children dishonor you when they don't do their chores at home. What do you do? Okay. You speak to your children and lovingly tell them about what the Bible has to say about children honoring their parents. Pass or fail? You begin to think you have to take matters into your own hands. Yes. Not yet. Almost. Not quite. You yell and scream at your children to get them to do their chores. You fail. Why? Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Right? You like this kind of message? Okay. How then, how then do I pass the test? I will not leave us hanging on this yes scenario, no scenario. But we want to know how will I pass the test. And they're coming. They're coming. So we must know how do I pass the test. I give you three. First, pray, flee, and, tr- and trust. Pray, flee, trust. First, you pray. 
Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's Jesus Christ, who was himself tempted in the desert. When you are tempted, you must pray. Prayer confesses your dependence on God. And if you don't bother to pray, you will become pray. P-R-E-Y. You must pray. So as a matter of fact, when Jesus taught us how to pray, in Matthew 6, he said, pray then this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Pray. Pray. You know this hymn? You can sing it. I know you know it. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Pray. After you pray, flee. Flee from your youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. You see, the flee is combined with the pray who call upon the Lord. You see that there? In the same verse, the running away and the praying are in one verse. 1 Corinthians 6, flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians also included that verse I showed you earlier. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. Why is it in the same book? Because the Corinthian church came from a very immoral kind of worship. They had temple prostitutes. And then some of them got saved. And then when some of them got saved, they thought they can continue to be in that context, to be in that orgy and be distant. I'm not affected. Paul is telling them, you flee. You run away. How do you know that somebody just came from a Korean barbecue eat all you can. Oh. How? Huh? Where did you come from? Korean barbecue. You're on a diet. I did not eat. But I can smell where you came from. I'm just simplifying or even oversimplifying the illustration. How can you be in an orgy and not be affected? That's what Paul is saying. Flee immorality. Run away. No, I am strong. I can take it. Really? Flee immorality. So pray. Flee. What's the last one? 
trust. Trust. No temptation has overtake you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide a way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Is God with you even if you're being tempted, if you're a Christian? Yes. So many times, what do we pray? God, remove this. What is His promise? With the temptation, He will provide a way of escape. So when you are in a test, and you let it digress into a temptation, and you act it out, Whose fault? The devil made me do it. No. You did it on your own. You made a decision to disobey God. Why? God provided you a way of escape. And you decided not to take that way of escape. So don't blame God. Don't even blame the devil. You did it on your own. You are accountable. That's why I told you earlier. You give the devil too much credit. God has given you a way out. He is faithful. You can trust him. God, where is the way out? God gives you the way out. You don't take it. Now it's God's fault. Now it's the devil's fault. No, it's your fault. You chose not to take the way of escape. Why can you trust God? Why can you trust Jesus? Why? For he himself was tempted in that, in that which he has suffered. He is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Was Jesus Christ tempted? Does he understand what you are going through when you are being tempted? Yes. That's why if you go to Jesus, he understands what you're going through. Why? Because he went through it ahead of you. That's why he can empathize with you. That's why I can trust Jesus Christ. He is not some distant God. He is someone who was tempted just like me. At least the human side of Jesus was. Because God cannot be tempted. And we know that the mystery of our faith is that Jesus Christ is both God and man at the same time. James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. So you see the purpose of the test? It's good. Why? Because you will be strong. You will persevere. And perseverance will complete will complete its faith, its work and you will be mature you will be complete lack, not lacking anything there is a purpose I have to trust God God you are allowing this for me to grow in my faith First Peter beloved do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also the revelation of His glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. 
Here is a good purpose if it is a test. Do not let the test transition to a temptation which could transition to a transgression. Deal with it quickly. Pray, flee, and trust God. Don't dabble with it. The moment you say, hmm, there is someone behind you. Hmm. <laughs> he already is about to get you. And you're still playing with him. You are, you, many of us like to live on the edge. Holiness is way back there. This is where I came from. But now I'm saved, so I'm on the edge. Teetering. Trying to balance. Why don't we be where God is? And be secure. Rather than... Let me see. I think I'm strong enough. I don't think I will fall. Because, you know, I've been a Christian for 28 years. You're still alive. You'll still be tested. You'll still be tempted. What is our greatest test? As we close. Test yourself to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourself. Or do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you unless you fail the test? If you fail this test, my friend, you have no hope to spend eternity in heaven. Because this is a test of who is your Savior and Lord. I'm not going to test you. I'm not going to inquire. Look at what Paul is telling us. You must examine yourself. You must examine yourself. And why is it that Jesus Christ in you is the most important aspect of this verse? Because only Jesus Christ is different. We said that he was tempted. I show you that he was tempted. But see, he says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Examine yourself. Test to see if you are in the faith. Unless, of course, you fail the test. My friends, I suggest that we trust Jesus. Because he is the only one who was tempted yet was without sin. And if you need to come to Jesus, you need to trust that He is a God of mercy 
and grace. And He is the one inviting you to a personal relationship with Him. If Jesus was here, will you pass that test? If your answer is no, I have good news for you. You still have the time to pass the test. How? By making Jesus the Lord of your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that because you took on the form of a human being and went through situations, experiences, emotions, temptations that we as human beings go through on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord, that you can sympathize and empathize with our weakness. But only you passed the test completely because you alone are without sin. Lord Jesus, if there's anyone here this morning who is still not sure about their relationship with you, I pray that your Holy Spirit will move in our midst and in the hearts of these people. And I pray, Lord, that they will turn from their sinful life, they will free from it, Lord, and run towards you this morning. You said, Lord, that you will accept anyone who invites you into their lives. Let these people, Lord, draw near to you with confidence right now to the throne of grace so that they may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you don't know how to come to faith in Jesus, all you need to do is invite him. In your own words, just invite him. Tell him you want to stop that life of sin that you're on, that you're turning to him who died on the cross to pay for all of your sins. And you're allowing him to change you, to become the kind of Christian that he wants you to be. If you're here this morning, on the other hand, and you already know that Jesus Christ is living in you and you have no doubt whatsoever that you're on your way to heaven, but struggling Lord, with a life of righteousness, will you just commit to the Lord between you and God that when you are tested or when you are tempted, that you will pray, that you will flee, and that you will trust God God I pray for everyone who is here and maybe even a person watching this on the internet some other day that we will take to heart your warnings about sin but at the same time remind us of how gracious and loving you are that there is always a way of escape there is a way of escape when we are tempted. There is even a way of escape 
from the penalty of hell. Lord, only you have seen to it that no one need go to hell because you paid for all of our sins. God Almighty, be pleased with our worship of you, our worship of you through our singing, through the preaching of your word, and even, Lord, through our worship of giving our tithes and offerings. We give it back all to you, Lord God, the only one who truly deserves it. In Christ's name we pray all of these things. Amen and amen. Pass or fail? Fail or pass? It's up to you. So I'd like to share with you some discussion questions, but before you break out, I would like to remind all of you, I sent out an email. If you are teaching, co-teaching, facilitating, co-facilitating a group, a study group, a D group, whatever it is, I need to meet with you after our discussion questions are done. I target to meet with you anytime before 12. So please, if you can break out in your discussion groups right now, what is or was your biggest test? Did you pass or fail? And share with your group how you can avoid temptation. So break out into your groups now. And we'll commit the rest of the time and the rest of our afternoon to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen.